Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. So welcome to number two in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I got a question for you. Now, whether you're, because, so I felt like the Lord said not to live stream the Wednesdays, but record them. So if you're watching this and you're part of our online community, um, try to watch these in order to, uh, to keep up because they will build on each other. And if you're part of the local church and you miss Keep, try to keep up with these because they'll build upon one another. Because I think tonight, you know, so Sunday we did kind of an overview of the Holy Spirit. We talked about that Jesus, or that the Holy Spirit will testify of Jesus. I'm going to review a little bit, not much, and then we're going to get into the hands-on stuff tonight. So, if you have ever, so don't, I'm, I'm, I'm warning you, don't raise your hand because this is a trick. But, but I want to ask you this. Have you ever said this? I hear God for others better than I hear for myself. Have you ever said that? Have you ever thought that? Have you ever been in circles that kind of do emphasize the gifts of the Spirit? And it's a very common thing. Well, I, gosh, I don't know what the deal is. I hear God for other people way better than I hear for myself. That's a problem. I'll just tell you right off the bat, that is a problem. In fact, if you can't hear God for yourself, or if you hear God better for others than you do for yourself, don't give me a word, please. Go figure it out. Then come give me a word. That's just my personal preference. I'm not saying thus saith the Lord. There's not a scriptural reference behind that. I just have a strong conviction that you, you should be able to hear God for yourself before you start trying to hear for other people. Now, here's the good news. You hear God way better than you think that you do. You hear Him all the time, every day, all day. You just mistake Him for yourself. And because you don't put weight to it and act on it, you don't have a track record of personally hearing from God and moving forward. So when you hear for other people, you've got yourself detached from it and you're hearing as clearly as you are for yourself, but because we don't have the action behind what we hear for ourselves, we think we don't hear as good for ourselves as we do for others. Are you with me? Say, I hear God. Really well. Really, well. <laughs> really, really well. You, you know why? Because he is speaking. He is a clear, articulate communicator. He lives inside of you, and he gave you a new heart that knows how to hear him. You hear God all the time. You do. But you lack one thing, confidence. So that's what, that's what we're going to work on is some confidence. So <clears throat> I think, you know, so when we talk about the 
ministry of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. That's what people normally go to. You bring up Holy Spirit, especially in charismatic circles, the first thing that people start thinking about is the gifts. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. All right, we're going to talk about the power. We're going to talk about the gifts. We're going to talk about the power. Okay, well, let's talk about the gifts. Personally, I think one of the greatest gifts that you can flow in is to hear God for yourself. Because when Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit, the very first thing that he describes about the function and the interaction of our relationship with the Holy Spirit is the fact that he's talking to you. He is giving you wisdom. He is leading and guiding you into all truth. He is telling you what is to come. He is reminding you what Jesus said. That's all relational stuff if you think about it, right? So the Holy Spirit is not just an, an energy in you to do stuff for other people. It's God. It is the very essence and presence of God with you, walking with you, speaking to you, showing you how to live, and giving you strength and power for you and for others. It's as if Jesus were here in a different form, walking with you. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> now everybody can see. Listen, hold your question because I think it's going to apply when we get to the practical part. Because I do have a question and answer part, not really question and answer, but discussion. It will be, but let me get through this first part first and then, and then we'll go there. So that's what we're talking about, hearing God for yourself. Just a little bit of review, John seven thirty seven. On the, on the last day, that great day of the feast, not talking about the end, not talking about the resurrection, talking about um, <clears throat> the last day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit. So in other words, the Spirit is in you, in your heart, to flow out of you just like living water, a wellspring of life. The Holy Spirit is in you as a wellspring of life. John 15, 26, But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And then the testimony of Jesus, the Spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. So even when you prophesy, it's testifying of Jesus. So the Holy Spirit is testifying to you of Jesus. Then you, through prophecy, testify to others of Jesus. You see that? It's all about Jesus. When you prophesy, you might prophesy details and things that bring healing and, and specifics that bring comfort to people with maybe you know a unicorn and a rainbow mixed in every now and then. That might happen. <laughs> but it's all going to testify of Jesus. Amen? So, what does it mean to testify of Jesus? And before we get to your question, this, I want this to be a little bit interactive. What does that mean to you? What do you think of when the Holy Spirit's going to testify of Jesus? What do you think of? What does that mean to you? How would you explain that? 
how would you describe the Holy Spirit testifies of Jesus? Because that's what Jesus said the Holy Spirit would do. He's going to testify of me. How does he do that? When you're praying, when you're leaning into the Holy Spirit, when you're interacting, pulling on that relationship that you have with God, and he's testifying of Jesus, what does that look like? Bob? All right, I'm going to put you on the microphone because this will be helpful for people that are watching. <clears throat> um, is, this, is this mic up? I don't know if this one's turned up. Sorry. Put, put everybody to work. And then you can pass that to whoever, whoever's next. And I only have a couple more scriptures to read, and then we'll jump into the hands-on interactive part after Sam's question. So... Hang on, hang on one sec. Make sure he's got you. That's going to be the guest mic. Yeah, tap it. There we go. So, there we go. Um, to me, the, to testify of Jesus is to, is, to like, is to take either yourself or someone else, like a moth, into the light and go straight towards the light. So that, it exposes Jesus, it testifies of Jesus, it reveals Christ to other people and to yourself. So it can come from the Word, it can come from multiple different places, or it can just plain old come from the Spirit itself. He leads you and teaches you all things that Jesus said. Okay. Anybody else? Tori? Yeah, I think of a, a couple of scriptures that talks about how the Spirit is a guarantee um, of Jesus, of the things to come. So I think when something is shared in the spirit of prophecy, I think it's something that bears witness with the person who's receiving that and the person that's sharing it and maybe even the hearers around that room um, as a testimony of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So let's put the emphasis on us, the Holy Spirit testifying to us about Jesus. Practically, what does that look like? Give me some concrete. Carla, y'all can either pass the mic or come get it or however you want to do it. We'll keep it moving. Well, when you first read the, the scripture as a whole there, mm -hmm. the first thing that I thought of is out of my spirit is how I know who Jesus is. My It's testifying of Jesus is clarifying my identity mm. in Jesus. That's, That's a... Yeah, that's a big one. That's so practically, what does that look like? Adam, would you make sure that that mic is also, that you, there's a level as she's talking. just want to make sure that mic is in the mix. Okay. On a practical level, to me, it's just that knowing or that confirming out of your spirit um, who I am. Mm -hmm. And... We were talking about that earlier, that I'd heard something yesterday, and I've understood spirit, soul, and body. Mm -hmm. But the way I heard it yesterday, I had never quite heard that basically we, I am a spirit. I am a spirit. <laughs> and the body's kind of secondary. It's kind of the worldly part of things. But ultimately, I'm, I'm a spirit, and that really uh, opened my eyes to kind of another realm 
of spirituality, I guess you would say, or just of knowing who I am. Mm-hmm. And I just think that, you know, testifying of Jesus, understanding who we are, then we can live and use that on a practical basis daily yeah. in our life. And daily, <clears throat> I'll speak to it a little bit too. Um, for me, it's, so let's say that you've got a decision. And anybody else next, you can go and grab the microphone from Carla. But um, it's that, let's say you've got a decision to make. Let's say you're facing a temptation. Let's say you're dealing with a specific scenario. The Holy Spirit's going to testify to you and say, this is who you are in Christ. No, you're not going to go that direction because you are, you've already been made holy. God's Spirit lives in you. You are righteous. You don't choose to desire that. No. Anger is not an option for you because the joy of the Lord is your strength. You don't have to blow up and depend on anger. You are at peace with God. You have peace. Jesus said he gave his peace to you. That's all identity-based stuff. You know? So in the moment, and, and it's all either fruits or gifts related in my, in my, my perspective. This Sunday we're going to go into the fruits and character and integrity. But um, let's keep going. Who's got it? Yep. Um, I just, uh, it says that the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. Yeah. And uh, that truth to me is what Jesus has done for me. Mm. Like all the finished work, you know, healing every area that I need to know, you know, through my identity in him. And, um, you know, that's just everything, the fullness of salvation, you know, all, all these, and he will reveal all that to me and in, in a practical way uh, where I'm not seeing it maybe. It'll open my eyes to different things. And it will even lead me into simple truths that I need in my day-to-day life yeah. um, that, that I'm not aware of or, you know, or, uh, but... Never in a controlling way. <laughs> Always in a very gentle way, and um, which is where I miss it a lot. I'm looking for, you know, finite things a lot, and so. But all truth is everything that Jesus has done for us. He's testifying mm-hmm. to us. He He wants us to know that, so that we walk in that finished work and what He's done. That's good. Amen. Amen. All right. Would you mind turning that off, and then we'll turn it back on when we get to the next section here. So, a couple more scriptures. John fourteen twenty six. But the Helper, um, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said. It will bring to your remembrance all things that I have said. Turn me down just a little bit more. Do you hear that? Is it ringing? You don't want it ringing at all. It'll, it'll not sound good on the back end. So, honestly, I, re- I remember, you know, being a younger Christian and um, being taught that you could hear God. Although I had, you know, my journey was all, I was interacting and talking to God, didn't even know that I was supposed to desire to be able to do that. It was out of necessity for me, really, is what it was. I just, I had to talk to him, or I was done. And mercifully, he was there speaking to me. 
But I remember, you know, going to church, and then it gets complicated. I mean, honestly, not not my understanding of who God is or, or the theological aspect, but the relationship. And I remember just telling the Lord, I was like, well, I just I don't trust myself that much. If you if you speak to me, please bring up a scripture also, because that way I can anchor it in something that you've already said. And then that can come become living and alive for me as well. Although there have been times in my life where it was just a statement that didn't have anything to do with Scripture. It was relevant to the moment or the future. And it was life-giving and living, but it was clear. But I remember having that conversation. You know, Lord, I don't trust myself that well, so if you're going to talk to me, just bring some Scripture along too because that'll... That'll help me make sure I'm rooted in what you're actually saying. I think that's okay. So John 16, 13, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. He will take of what is mine and declare it to you. That's kind of like what you were saying, Dave. You know, he will take that which is his, leading you and guiding you into all truth. He takes that which is his, which is also yours because you're a joint heir, and declare it to you, and then you have the opportunity to exercise faith to access that promise to see the manifestation of it. So he's declaring it to you, but your capacity of heart to grasp it and experience the manifestation is the issue. He'll glorify me, he'll take of what's mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine, therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So, why does the Holy Spirit speak the words of Jesus to us? Because he said he would bring to remembrance all things that Jesus said, right? Why? Here's why. John 6, 63. It's the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. The words, the reason the Holy Spirit reminds us of what Jesus said is because they're life. Their spirit and their life. They could be dead words on a page, or they could be life. It's really your choice. And it is a choice. The words of Jesus are spirit and life. So we want to discipline ourselves to be able to hear and apply. The Spirit of God is always leading you into truth. So we want to listen for the words of Jesus to follow the Spirit, which means you have to know the words of Jesus, right? Most of you, I'm, I'm sure, you're, are in your Bibles regularly. And as a church, we're reading through the book of John together um, and, and commenting in our Facebook group. But then I, I wanted to highlight one thing, and then we'll get into the exercise for tonight. I hadn't forgot about you, Sam. Jesus had a habit of getting alone with God to receive direction. I love this. Luke 6, 12. One of those days, Jesus went out to the mountain to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. That was a big night. That was a big day. That, was gonna, that would affect the world forever. Those 12 that he chose, right? I think that's what he was doing. He was up there talking to the Lord, talking to his Father, getting direction on the 12. That's the model. 
to spend time with the Lord and walk away with practical solutions, direction. You know, and so, unfortunately, because charismatics are about the only group that talk about hearing God, it tends to be a bit of a mystical experience, and it tends to be more of an emphasis on your spiritual senses than the Word of God. We do have spiritual senses. We can listen and hear and see and taste and smell and vibe with our spiritual senses, and it's amazing when it happens. And, and we're actually all doing it all the time. And I think we can get better at it, but we don't want to just rely on that either. Our spiritual senses should also be, you know, be verifying the word. Because the very first thing that, you know, it's, it's a huge deal that we anchor hearing God, flowing in the gifts, moving especially in the verbal gifts, um, that we anchor it in the single idea that the Holy Spirit is testifying of Jesus and reminding us of the words of Jesus. Even when you read the, the New Testament beyond the Gospels, Everything that's said there can be tied back to something that Jesus said. Everything that's said there can be tied back to something in the Gospels. There's nothing in the New Testament that wasn't addressed in the Gospels in some way. So, all right, before we get into some practical application, Sam, do you remember your question? Pass the mic back to him. Does he have the mic back there? Let's talking about the Holy Spirit's always talking. You hear God yeah. clearly better than you think that and, you do. And my put put that microphone right up to your mouth, please, sir. Is it on? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. It, what it triggered what you said triggered a question that I've had for a long time about the transcendence and the eminence of God. And particularly the the type of eminence, uh, you know, that in other words, do, do we have a special? I, I I think I know the answer to my question. Yes, we do have a special eminence uh, over and against the eminence that the world has. You see where I'm going? Do we have an eminence? Yeah. Over. In other words, that God, God, in a special way, of course, He's transcendent for everyone, but yet He's eminent. Uh, and but but there, we have a special eminence in that we have. Define how you're using eminent there, just so I understand a, what you're uh, saying. Uh, a personal connection with him. Carla and I were talking about that before we started. Uh, a, a personal connection that others don't seem to understand. Mm. Not, not that we're better than others. It's just that... So you're talking lost and saved. Well, in, born again, not born again. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. I mean, there. But, but I'm just saying that 
Because he's so he's speaking to everybody, but is there a difference in his yeah. children? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he he's talking to us. Thankfully, through the Holy Spirit, through Jesus, uh, and it's almost like we we've got a we've got a privilege mm-hmm. that others don't have. Absolutely. And and in, in, in that doesn't puff any of us up. And why? 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 So, what are the details of that privilege? What are the differences? Well, we have access to the wisdom, his wisdom, that How? others. How do we have access to it that well, others don't? James, if you think about James chapter one, microphone, the the wisdom from above versus. The, uh, the earthly wisdom we, we we have something that others don't have but how do we access it in a way that they can't why can we because we have been born again we've been born of the water and of the spirit uh, I mean that's how can we uh, only by his grace uh, is that what you're looking for I mean for I'm or? thinking I th- it's those things you have to but I'm thinking of a couple more things I mean the things that I'm also thinking about in addition to what you said are you know the fact that um, he gave us get his spirit lives in us well yeah gave us a new heart right. that heart can hear him right that heart genetically spiritually it has his spiritual genetics if you want to say it that way to me that's that's the biggest difference is the fact that he's yeah. changed us to to be like him and then and then joins himself to our spirit but as in, as as if in a marriage that's but, to me that's the biggest thing but it's almost like we we have an unfair advantage yeah uh it makes me think about you know the natural the natural man receives not the things of the spirit. Yeah. I love watching these debates between atheists and apologists, and it's just fascinating because even even so, I ran an ad, and it was an evangelistic thing. I ran an ad on. Were you were you done? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a good question. It's a good thought, and that's. You know, we have to think through that kind of stuff. Um, I find myself thinking about those kinds of things a lot. So, like, when I sit and ponder before the Lord, I'm not really trying to memorize Scripture or hear what He's saying as much as I'm thinking through what our connection with Him is like, this, the, 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 the makeup of it, you know. I just find myself thinking about that. But anyway, I ran this ad on Facebook for my God is Good booklet, which is basically a, it's, a, it's an evangelistic book. It's just, you know, it's to get into the hands of people who have either been taught very poorly about God, which would pretty much be every Christian, I guess, if you were. <laughs> but you know what I mean. People that, it's basic. It's fundamental, clear, direct. And I ran an ad for it to be an evangelistic outreach, and man, I tell you what, it's like there's a group, in fact, so one guy who's obvious, and not just atheistic, 
but he was anti-theistic. He's anti-God. And he came on the page and he just just went off, just vulgar, you know, disrespectful. And so I'm trying to interact with him as kindly as I can because I have my belief is that when you encounter people like that, they've had bad experiences. They were probably raised in the church, probably abused in some way, probably, you know, some sincere leader did them wrong in some way or maybe a parent or something. They've had a bad experience with Christians. And so therefore they went on a mission to disprove the validity of God. And much like Darwin and, and all the genocidal maniacs that have run socialistic and communistic regimes and nations, all defi in defiance of God don't want to be accountable. You know, that's just the whole vibe that you were getting from this guy. And then he made a post and tagged about five or six other people. And it's like a thing that they do. They'll they'll call in the Calvary onto other people's pages, and here they come. Do, 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 do. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be nice to these people. I know that I'm not going to convince them with a Facebook answer that God exists. But yet they're like, where's your proof? Where's your evidence? Here's the evidence to the contrary. Tick, 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 tick. And I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm going, they're natural. And I'll tell them a lot of, almost everyone I'll tell them, I'll say, listen. And I love, the, that's why I love the quantum stuff, because it's like, like we're seeing now with quantum mechanics and physics, there seems to be another set of laws that's different from our Newtonian understanding, the general model of physics. There seems to be a totally different set of natural laws on a micro scale than there is on a macro scale. That is how spiritual knowledge is as well. There seems to be a different set of knowledge. It's called spiritual knowledge. And the way that you're thinking right now, you're not going to get it. But if you'll search and keep your heart open and be honest and look in Scripture, it's there waiting for you. I'll say things like that to them, you know. Because I think that's the truth. But then I'm not doing it in a way where I'm trying to use their own logic against them. I'm not trying to argue. But, but, I, but I am trying to be kind because I feel like they'll walk away and go, well, gosh, I didn't get a rise out of that Christian. What, what does he have that the other ones don't, that, that they don't want to, he he's not fighting, you know? And, and the, the impact is they might be thinking, that guy's an idiot, but he's got conviction in what he believes, and he was nice to me. I think that's an open door for the Holy Spirit to go in there and mess his world up, you know? <laughs> All right, so let's go into the practical spirituality. Y'all ready to write? Practical spirituality. Doesn't that sound like something I'd say? Practical spirituality. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't want to be goofy and mystical, but I want to be incredibly spiritual. I want to be more spiritual than anything. But, you know, it's like, let's define what spiritual is. It's, it's, uh, just thinking and according to who, what God says is possible. All right, so here we go. I'm going to give you some questions, and we're going to go, we're going to, I, here's what I want your expectation to be. I'm going to ask you some questions. These questions are all going to be related to the, the, the basic main areas of life, you know, 
like relationships, finances, career, purpose, just some of the basic umbrella areas of life that we all are, you know, have. Um, so I want to start with a question, and and then we're going to work into. I want you to hear a very specific way. I want you to hear something that Jesus said that relates to these questions that are designed for you to hear from God in these areas. So you're about to hear from God in some specific areas of life. But I specifically want you to hear the words of Jesus. Does that make sense? Now, if you hear something from Corinthians, that's okay. If you hear something from Exodus, that's okay. Are you with me? He is the living word. So, you know, don't get too much in a box here. But try to associate it with something that Jesus said. But if it goes into something else, that's, that's fine. But as long as it's practical to that specific situation. All right, so here's the first question. This is a broad question. And now... Um, this, this is one of the reasons why I'm recording this, because there's no way that you're going to get through all of this in one session. This could be something that you sit down and take and discipline yourself to um, learn to hear from God with. So this is, this is what we're doing. We want to build a, a, a mature walk with Jesus, consistently applying his leading rather than going from mountaintop to mountaintop. We can take time to train ourselves how to hear God for our personal lives. This is what I want to do. I want to hear God for my personal life and then minister out of that. So in this session, we'll practice hearing God in the main areas of our lives. All right, so here's the big question. Who is God to me? And you, you might write something down real quick, but again... This is something that, you know, if you're serious, if, if, you're, if you're looking for a way to assure your heart to more consistently hear from God, I believe God gave me this process that we're about to walk through here as one way for you to use to d discipline your own heart to hear Him. And if it works for you, if it, it works for you. If it doesn't, then throw it away and come up with something on your own. It's fine. It ain't gonna hurt my feelings. <laughs> Who is God? I may stop along the way and ask for some input, but everybody should write at least one thing. So, and we'll just, I'll just ask you to kind of call these out. If it's one word or sentence or whatever, what's something that some of you wrote? Who is God to you? Father. That's the first thing I thought of too. Who else? Or what else? Rescuer? Provider. Provider. The love of your life. Aw, you're a big love ball. Big teddy bear. <laughs> the love of my life. I love that. Donna? Lord of all creation. Savior. Yeah. All right. Now, again, most of the time that you need to hear from God, it's related to an area of your life that you're dealing with. And there are just a few main areas of our lives that we all have. One is basic just identity. So this is, again, this is a very, so we started really big. We're going to narrow down a little bit more. And then we're going to get real specific toward the middle and end of this thing. So a little bit more narrow. 
Now, I don't want you to jump ahead, and here's what I mean. All right, here's the next one. This is in the area of identity. And we could unpack the main area of life of identity, but here's the question. Who am I? How do I feel about myself? Now, I'm not asking you to write down how does God feel about me or anything to do with God. Just you and yourself looking in the mirror, how do you feel about yourself? And be honest. And if you're honest, there's going to be positive and negative things on there. How do I feel about myself? Now, let me give you, a, let me give you another little tip here. Y'all look at me. I want you to hear from here. I want your answers to come from here, not here. And if you, you just, just wrestle with it, if you don't know, well, I don't know how to feel from here or here. You do. I want you to hear the answer here. Right here where your heart is, your chest. How do I feel about myself? Look down. Look towards your heart. It might be a feeling. It might be an image. I feel proud of myself. I'm a little bit disappointed in myself. I really wish I could get this better under control. I, I, I like this. This is I'm awesome here. You know, you're doing and taking an inventory of that. How do I feel about myself? And then even just when you think about yourself, what are your feelings? So beyond intellectual, <clears throat> just into deeper level feelings about yourself, try that for just a minute. So stop writing for just a minute. And I know I'm going to fast forward you through a lot of this stuff, but it's being recorded and go back and take a longer time to do it. So don't write for just a minute. Close your eyes and just become aware of the, your inner man inside of you. When you think about yourself, what do you feel? Do you feel blank? Do you feel stress and apprehension? Oh, I got to get this done. You know, just maybe not even a specific task, but you just kind of feel like, oh, I. Something is not being done. Or you're just at peace. How do you just just a general feeling? How do you feel about yourself? You can just become aware of your heartbeat. Maybe even put your hand on your chest and feel your heartbeat. How do I feel about myself? What we're doing is we're getting in touch with our inner man. Then you go into this, the next part of identity. Very generic and you know, non-subjective, but objective. In other words, all right, so here it is. It says, what does scripture say about my identity? So there's not a lot of feeling in that question. There's just information. Well, what does the Bible say about me? You can include into that answer, who am I to God? So what does the scripture say about my identity? And who am I to God? 
I see y'all looking at the TVs as if you're writing the questions, but I want y'all writing the answers. Uh, you got to have a header. And I will give you these. We'll, we'll, I'll put this in the outline. And, and But again, this is what we're doing is you're, you're taking the time to sit. And if you were really going to take a lot of time to do this, you'd go through, you know, five, ten minutes of just physical relaxation. And then you start becoming aware. And you start to become aware of yourself. You become aware of God. And you do, you do the work to believe the truth about who you are in Him to the point that you start to feel it is true. So what does the Scripture say about my identity? Let's hear a couple of those. What does the Scripture say about who you are? I am the bride of Christ. I am chosen. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm a joint heir. Chosen of God. Now, who am I to God? Let's hear a couple of those. Beloved. His child. He's happy with you. All right, so that's good because that's down to the next one. How does he feel about me? He's happy with you. Yeah. He's crazy about me. Okay, now, now pay attention. Now go back, you know, kind of quiet yourself again. Go back. Remember how you felt about yourself when it was just you? You're just thinking about yourself? Who am I? How do I feel about myself? What do I actually feel about myself in this moment? And then now you're aware of, what does God feel about me? Which one's more real to me? And you want to let those two things wrestle with each other in there. You let them wrestle. You let them fight it out. That's spiritual warfare. How you feel about yourself and how God feels about you. And which one are you going to nurture? Which one are you going to believe? Which one is the truth? That's good. All right. Next next area, physical health. <clears throat> my body is the temple of God. How do I feel about my temple? Uh-oh. Sorry. I feel a little squishy about my Getting ready for that summer temple. <laughs> okay. Who was that? Was that me? Oh, it was that. Seriously, though, just, just pure physical. We're just pure physical here. Physical health. So identity, physical health. You know, we're talking about main areas of life. These are the areas of life that we most practically when we pray, are trying to hear from God on. One of them is your physical health. My body is the temple of God. How do I feel about my temple? Anybody? Brave enough to share a little bit of this one? Yeah. Um, I 
then I see you're already getting solutions. Now that I'm, I was, I, that's, I, God is so awesome. He told me that that was going to happen while we were going through this to not bring it up until somebody experienced it. The, what do you think that was that you heard? That So you thought about your just purely physical body, your temple, yeah. and you heard water and what? Where did that come from? So where where did the why did you think of water and food mainly? I think that I was thinking that was the last couple of days, and how I'm supposed to take upon myself feeling of you. I'm, I'm putting you on the spot because I 100% believe those are the kinds of things that God will tell you. That is truth. More water, eat better. It doesn't get more basic truth than that. And, and God will speak those very practical things to you. So if, if you learn to recognize even those things as direction from the Lord then when it turns into, hey, go to Kroger and go to aisle 17 and stand by the box with the frog on it and tell the next person with the green shoes this. Are you with me? Because you paid attention when he told you to drink water and eat better. <laughs> That's a herb shop. So you went by the herb shop and you had the thought and feeling, maybe I should go in there or should I go in there and see if there's a natural alternative to the pills that I'm on. Where'd that thought come from? This is exactly the point. This is exactly the point. Now, is that a scripture? Not necessarily, but if, if you di it's life-giving and, and it's truth, and if you discipline yourself to hear the most basic stuff, and we're talking about physical health, physical temple, we're going to get to some other spiritual things that people have trouble hearing from God on. Now, here's the thing. You've got a choice. You're going to act on it or not. You're going to act on it or not. If you act on it and it becomes a valid manifestation of a solution for you, it's spiritual. It's life-giving. God gets the credit. The devil's not going to go tell you to take care of your body. Bob, let's do the mic because uh, I know people are going to want to be listening. Well, who's got the mic? Bob and then Manny and then we'll move on to the next one. <laughs> I know this sounds strange, but I started putting on a little later on. My you head. did? Yeah. The metabolism <laughs> of a 12-year-old? <laughs> so I stopped uh, eating lunch out every every day. And, I, and by three or four days, I've already started losing 
And it's just like what the Lord told me. Look, you just, because I said, I don't like this. And he said, stop eating out. Stop eating That's up. That's what's causing it. That, that happened with me and coffee. Yeah. I don't, and I don't even really feel like coffee was a problem for me. I would drink maybe a cup a day. Maybe. Black. No sugar, no cream, no nothing. And, you know, a lot of people would say that that's healthy for you. But I just started feeling like I was too acidic. In other words, I was having some reflux that was not normal for me. And just feeling a sense of, you know, I, I tend to have good, pretty good control of my mind, but it was starting to be kind of, yeah, a little anxious, feeling like I got, I'm overwhelmed by some of the, all, all that I'm doing. I mean, I'm always, I've always got a lot to do, but I don't, I rarely feel overwhelmed by it. And just, and I just felt like, and then, and then I, then I felt like your adrenals are tapped. Be careful. You're running on, you're redlining it. You need to reset. So I came off coffee. I'm telling you, my will to live disappeared for about a day and a half. I'm not talking about because I loved coffee so much. I'm talking about my body had become dependent on it to the degree that it, when it didn't have it, it was like, we're done. It was, it was, it was concerning. It was alarming to me. Now, I wasn't afraid because I was like, okay, I, this is weird. These are, these are emotions, and I know they're just emotions, and I know better in my mind, but dang, it feels real. You know what I mean? Like, like if I had sat within it, it would have become depression. Thankfully, I knew better, but it was physical. That's right. But, but, it, but it still messes with your mind. And if, and if for too long, it gets you. And then you think, well, I'm depressed. So anyway, uh, Manny, I was just gonna share maybe, that. maybe turn that mic up just a little bit. I was like just going to share that the experience that Sam had, I had the same thing today as well. <clears throat> I take blood pressure medicine, and I've been taking these supplements, and someone told me that they would help me. And <clears throat> I said, well, maybe if I take these supplements, I can get off some of the medications I'm on and uh, sure enough believe it or not I didn't take blood pressure medicine today took the supplement and I checked my blood pressure and it was 111 over 74 so pretty awesome and see and see so you exercise wisdom because there might be a day in that journey whatever you set your heart to because because so so th this is where we got to be careful about hearing other people's testimonies because some people will say Bless God, I was healed, and I flushed all my medicine. I was taking 12 different pills every day and flushed them, and I'm not taking them. And you think, well, I want that, but you don't have, but you, but, but it's not, that's not your path. That's not how God's leading you. He might, he could, but that's just not where you are, let's say. So, so in other words, if one day you hear, you feel like you hear, go ahead and take the blood pressure medicine today, don't say, get thee behind me, Satan. You know what I mean? Because this is what we need to do. We need to learn to hear. Well, that's weird. God would tell me to take my blood pressure medicine today, but I'm pretty sure that was him, so I'm going to go ahead and take it today. And I'm just going to keep going. You know what I mean? Like, let's not judge it. Let's not be so dogmatic about something. Let's keep it living. Let's keep it alive, because he's there. He's going to lead. 
I 100% think he told you to drink more water and eat better. I 100% think he told you to quit eating up. 100% think he told you to swing by the herb shop. I think that's how it works. I really do. All right, so let's keep going. So the question was, my body <clears throat> is the physical. How do, how do I feel about my temple? Now, still physical health. What does Jesus say about my temple? What does Jesus say about my temple? Straight from Scripture, what does he say about your temple? Temple of the Holy Spirit. Don't you know? Don't you know that your body is the temple? I love that. Don't you know? What is, what, what is that? Corinthians 7. But what else? Straight from Scripture. What does the Scripture say? What does Jesus say about your temple? Presented as a living sacrifice. That's good. It's healed. I like that one. By his stripes, it is healed. Romans 8, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, giving life to your physical body. That's your temple. In this moment, right now, God is giving life to your physical body. When you're praying, and you remember that, run with it. Let's grab the mic if you don't. Sorry. No worries. I'm thinking about those people that are watching online, and as I'm pointing at that camera, they're saying, thank you. Because that's funny, because of, but that's what we all get to minister to these people. I'm just going to keep talking so, until you, until you, I'm trying to shame you out of that t-shirt. Anyway, go ahead. Um, what it, pops into my mind is, I'm expensive. You're you are expensive. bought with a price. Yeah. And so that kind of changes the attitude of what I would put in my body or what I would, put, or what I would think about. Yeah. Or what I would allow my mind and thoughts to go. And, um, and Andrew Womack talks about, uh, you know, it's like riding a wild horse. If, you, if, if the horse gets to a certain point, the emotions take over, you're, you're, you're gone. Yeah. And you just got to wait until it slows down. But if you can catch it in that time and, and the spirit talks to you, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. You're expensive. You're precious. Yes. That's, I love that. That's awesome. It reminds me of something Jordan Peterson says in one of his books. He says, uh, <clears throat> slay the dragon in its own lair before it comes to your village. Mental health, which is emotions, thoughts. So my thoughts and emotions affect my life. How is my thought life? How is my general emotional state? This is similar to how do I feel about myself, but you're almost an outsider looking inside, evaluating yourself. <clears throat> How's my thought life? Am I a positive person? Am I a negative person? Do I use my tongue for life? Do I use my tongue for death? When emotions happen, are they like a wild horse that I just they just run away from me and they gotta slow down? Or can I get a hold of myself? How's my thought life? How's my emotional state? Stress may or may not necessarily be an emotion, but we're looking for things like happy, sad, joyful, irritated. It's, it's surprising how often most people feel a low-level sense of irritation. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people, a lot of people are sitting on simmer. Not very cool water at all. Just go drive down the road. Microphones over here, please. I was just going to say that uh, <coughs> your that your health life will affect your mental life, mental life too. Absolutely. Like if you don't get enough sleep or you're having sleep issues, right. you know your thoughts they go crazy. And uh, of course, we have to learn to to you know put those away, put those off. Yeah. The Bible says we're destroying speculations. Every lofty thing is raised up against the knowledge of God. You mm -hmm. take captive every thought, bring it under His subjection, basically. Yep. And so we have to control our thought life. You know that's our uh, that's part of being a disciple. And so, but in my life lately, my sleep patterns have been really bad um, because of aging. And so I'm trying to try transition. And so my thought life has been a lot more warfare in this season right now than it was, say, a, a few years ago. So um, the health does affect your thought life. Absolutely. So, anyway. Absolutely. Big time. Would you just make sure everything's still rolling? I know you just sat down. Up and down. All right. So mental health. What are, how's my thoughts? How are my emotions? What's my general state? And then mental health. What does Jesus say about my thoughts, emotions, and mental health? Or what does scripture say about it? So, the, so here's the pattern, right? You're becoming aware of yourself, being honest with yourself, then you're looking, okay, well, what does Scripture say about this part of my life? Because I've just been really struggling with my emotions lately. Man, I've just been up and down. I just can't, I just can't seem to have a good day. I just feel like I'm just this all day long. I, what is going on with me? Well, what does Scripture say about it? What has Jesus done about my emotions? He carried them. He identified with them. He gave them always a choice, no matter what the circumstance. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Oh, we left the Gospels, but I think that one's legal. Alright, another mental health. Now we start, and you can do the step thing with all of them, but here's a third part to mental health. What step can I take to apply what he says? So in other words, you sat within yourself, you identified, this is my emotional state, and I don't really like this. But yet, the word says this, that I have a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. I have the joy of the Lord within me. I have the righteousness, peace of joy, righteousness, peace and joy within me. What step can I take so that the truth about who I am in spirit overtakes the reality that I'm experiencing in my soul? Because What's happening in your soul is real. You might have a very legitimate physical thing going on in your life that's real, but it's just a reality to which a spiritual truth is greater. Can you sit within the spiritual truth long enough until it changes the soulish feeling? 
truth of the fact. Yeah. And I'll say, I'll say truth and spiritual facts are carnal. And carnal doesn't mean evil, it just means natural. Uh, oh, sorry. Truth and higher truth, yeah. And we, and we all have ways that we understand it. I, I personally go with reality versus truth because there are different realities. And truth is a reality. There are all kind of different realities. You can take drugs and go into a whole other reality. And that is real to you. It's, it's very real to you. Somebody that's schizophrenic and they're hearing voices, that is real to them. They are convinced that it's real, but it's not true. What's the truth? Um, Hans, you were... Yeah. Oh, yeah, what step? Yes. The concept of pausing. Right. And even physiologically, those chemicals will run their course in your body, and then you have a shot at new emotions in just about two minutes if you can stay focused. I did a video, um, and Keena always mentions it, the two-minute thing. She's told me over and over that she uses that and has used it off and on for a long time since I did it. But it's a very highly viewed video on my YouTube because it just... People seek out that kind of stuff. So about, about two minutes, if you just stop and you focus on a different reality, i.e. the truth, then that current, um, that the emotions of that current reality will physiologically run their course. That's, that's, just, that's just your body running those emotions, and then you reset. So what step can you take to apply what the Scripture says about your emotions and your thoughts. What step can you take? You've identified your general emotional state. You've acknowledged your thought life, good or bad. What step can you take in relation to what Scripture says about your thoughts to put it into practice? And that's what you're saying, the two-minute thing, focus. Somebody, I think, said confession, kind of right at the beginning of this, confession. And confession not to make it true, but confessing that it already is true. You know, the is it Mark eleven twenty three? Believe that you have received, and it will be yours. It's a paradox. Truth is a paradox. You've already received it, but once you believe that you've already received it, then you have it. You can grab that microphone, please. In some circles, we talk to just hold, hold fight, all the, way up. fight the lie, and that doesn't do any good. That kind of sounds like fake it till you make it. Yeah, but yeah. it's kind of like, no, 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 that's not true. God says, no, 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 that's not true. So you're focusing on the lie. Yeah. But when you focus on the on the truth, then you can make a choice and say, okay, I choose to partner my faith mm -hmm. with him yeah. and with his truth about me because I know that he loves me and that he desires the best for me and that his whole desire is life to me. That's right. Regardless of the way my 
physical being or mental whatever is good right now. Amen. But and, it is and, a choice. And we're, and we're good at knowing that truth intellectually, but that's why I want us to hear these answers from here. Because this is where we need to change. Yeah. Uh, and if you have something that's recurring all the time, I really like to pray about it and find out what the source of it is, like the root of it, mm-hmm. uh, and the Holy Spirit will reveal it to you, and then you can uh, pray about it or you know, deal with it if it's a wound or something you need to repent of, but um, uh, recurring desires and thoughts that yeah. don't go away usually have some kind of source to it. So, so the pray about it and the deal with it that you said, yeah, these are the practical things that you do to deal with it. Because right. I think the church, just piggybacking off because we're all working toward the solution, the church is great at saying, well, go pray. Like, well, what do I do? I mean, what does that look like? I, okay, I'm going to go pray. And most people in Christianity, that means go pray and ask God to do something. Go pray and try to put yourself in a position where God will change you. Yeah. It's like, no, you, you have to wrestle with the truth. You have to take it. Yeah, you, you have, have to, to go it. here, not here. Yeah. Don't try and get it here. Get it here. Right. Wrestle with it here so that when you stop and you think about yourself, you might acknowledge, yeah, I got this to work on, but I feel great. I feel, I just feel good. I feel really good. I'm, I'm positive. I'm hopeful. I'm expectant. Like, yeah, I got this. I got this. Yeah, that's there. But man, I'm life. All right, let's keep going. Finances. So we've got who are we? The identity. We got physical health. We got mental health, and now we got finances. What is my current financial state, and how do I feel about it? We got one sad. Hopeful. Just okay. The big one. Is this not one one of the main ones that people pray about? Okay. Finances. What does God say about my financial state? He'll supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. What is, huh? Seek first his kingdom and all these things will be added to you. He's specifically talking about what you're going to eat and where and where you're going to live. What does God say about my financial state? Of course you start hearing a song. And absolutely God will sing a song to you. Now see, here's the thing. We know that. We know that intellectually. But the power is in chewing on that till it feeds you. You feel it. You believe it. Then being obedient. You've got to take the step. If you don't drink the water, if you don't quit eating out, if you don't take the supplements, 
then it's going to stay the same, maybe get worse. And then you're going to ask God, why didn't you show up for me, God? I'm thinking of I'm, I'm thinking of a very specific situation that I just, I just can't talk about out loud. But anyway, he'll never give. And th- so this is why I emphasize he is always talking, always. He's always influencing you and seeking to give you life. And it's not shame. It's not condemnation. It's not guilt. Jesus already took care of that. So it's going to be consistent with who Jesus says the Holy Spirit is, the Helper the comforter, the counselor, the friend, the one called alongside to help, all of that. That's how he's going to talk to you. Sam? Yeah. I don't have any money on me. Yes. Especially now, buy more Bitcoin. It it dipped. Buy it now. I was going to say crypto, but but does God... You know, if you hear it enough, does God talk to you about your, you know, where you, your strategies, where you invest? Absolutely. Yeah. I wish I heard better there, too, for sure. I mean, so. Absolutely. It's okay to think that. Yeah. Now, people can get flaky with it. I mean, people get flaky with anything, but, you know, so. That's why we got to have that maturity of character and all of that, you know, that doesn't drive greed or lack and all that. So, yeah, you know. you also have to realize everything came through his character. You have to really know who you are. You got to know who you are. Yeah. And your world doesn't Right. Okay, now we've, 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 we've kind of left the realm of communing with our inner man. In, in tonight, because we're all back up here again and we're all communicating with each other. We're all outward focused in the moment. And that's okay, because we all like each other and we're having fun and we're interacting. But when you're doing this alone, you want to stay here. Each, each question, you want to stay here. Because we're about to go to a question where we may or may not, you know, you may not get the same kind of answers that you were getting earlier, but again, this answer come from here, okay? So here's the next one regarding finances. What step can I take to align with what God says about my financial state? So we recognize what is my current financial state? How do I feel about it? What does God say about my financial state? What is God currently saying? In other words, what's he telling you to do? What step can I take to align with what God says about my financial state? I want to align myself with what God's telling me about my finances. What is it? What's he telling me? So, again, that's why I say we're kind of up here now. We're not, we're not here at the moment, but you might be. You might be hearing right now. You know, we, we, we expect to wake up, go to work, eat a hamburger, tragedy happens, God, I need to hear from you right now, and it's all external, we're here, we're all focused out here, we're not not down here, in touch with ourselves, being honest with ourselves, searching our own hearts, allowing the Holy Spirit to search our hearts, 
taking the word of God, mixing it into our hearts, acknowledging what our state is, seeing that battle inside of there. You see the promise come in as David and it slingshots right through the forehead of that lie that you will be in debt forever. You see something going on in there. There's a battle. You become hopeful that I can experience the financial blessing of God. He gives me power to get wealth. He is my provider. He will provide for me out of His glorious riches, exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask or think. That is more real than this pressure that I'm experiencing financially. Out of that, what's the step? From here, down here, what's the step? I specifically heard save buy a property. Is it? But that's just where I'm at. I could invest into some other smaller type things, but it's like, no, keep piling up and then buy a property, which is what I really had already determined to do. So that's confirmation for me. Did you hear anything? Raise your prices. Grab that microphone, please. <laughs> Y'all help me out. Y'all see your hand go up. Get that microphone working. I assume in myself. I assume in myself. There we go. Okay. Go on next. Eat it. Uh, as well as like my children, is that unless you really are having that intimate relationship with the Lord and know who you are and you believe in yourself in who you are in Christ, then when tribulation comes and you're, and you're not and it's going in the to Lord, come. then you want to do some escaping, whether it's through food, entertainment, uh, trips, shopping, anything like that. And that's where a lot of money can go to instead of knowing who you are and feeling very, can I say, sharp in the Lord, yeah. you know? And so um, I, I have seen that in, in my life. Yeah. So. All right. We got a few more and we're basically to the end of our time. So let's just quickly go through these. And again, I think you kind of get the picture. I hope that you've had a, an experience with it. And then maybe next week we'll go a little bit more into this, but then we'll also talk about the, the, the manifestation of the Spirit that comes out of, that we're going to talk about on Sunday too. So, all right, so here, career or job? How do I feel about my career slash job? How do I feel about it? Just, just all you're doing is you're identifying how you feel about it. getting in touch with yourself because to hear an honest solution you're going to have to be honest about where you are all right let's keep going what promises relate to my career and now this is another question that can actually be applied so if you notice 
I'm changing some of the questions and some of the steps for each area of life. But you could have every step that we've done and put them all into one area of life and continue, add them all together. Does, does that make sense? I don't know if I said that clearly. but In other words, so you can, you can ask yourself the question in relation to identity, physical health, mental health, finances, career, relationships. Um, what are the promises of God that relate to this area of life? What does the Word of God say about this area of life? That's why I love tools like openbible.info. You go in there and you put a topic in and it will give you a list of passages and it's like, okay, this is all I'm going to so I want to pray about my job. I'm going to go to the Bible and I'm just going to fill my mind with how God thinks about work. Let me let me just let me just do that as a first step. This is what God says about work. Don't work, you don't eat. What else? Just, just high level. This is what he says. And then you start drilling down. I just, but I want in my mind, which to me is spiritual thinking. I could think what I think about my job, or I could get in my mind how God thinks about jobs in general. Starting there. I'm conditioning my mind to think spiritually. Because God is spirit. If I think like he thinks, I'm going to think spiritually. We think thinking spiritually means we're going to hear an angel sing an answer. And that's pretty spiritual, but that's not what it's necessarily talking about when it says think spiritually. Spiritual thinking is a way of thinking more than it is an, an occurrence. It's thinking in alignment with him. All right? And if we were still down here in that inner man, paying attention, communing with our inner man, acknowledging the Holy Spirit, you'd ask this question. What's the Holy Spirit saying about my job? My career. What's the Holy Spirit saying about my career? So I've identified how I feel about it. I've looked at what Scripture says about work. Now what's the specific, God? What are you saying about it? And again, we're trying to anchor it in the Holy Spirit will testify of Jesus. So you're trying to remember something that Jesus said or you're allowing the Holy Spirit to refresh that. Because you're not just trying to say to God, God, would you speak to me about my job? Because it might be a situation where you hear, drink more water, eat better food, and you don't, you don't recognize it as the voice of God. And because you didn't recognize that as the voice of God, you're not going to recognize the specific thing that he's trying to tell you. It's discipline. It's a lifestyle. Relationships. How are my relationships? And if you're going to go deep, evaluate each one. How's my relationship with myself? How do I treat myself? How, how was my relationship like with God, with my spouse, with my kids, with my co-workers, with my family, with my neighbors, with that doofus that cut me off, you know, whatever. You go as far as you want to go. Evaluate every relationship. And this is where you pray for people. 
So go through every meaningful relationship and pray for each person. You know, you might run across a scripture that says, pray for your close, you know, love your enemies. <laughs> Relationships, as you pray, pay attention to any impressions you receive. It may be to take a specific action or to change something you're doing. So you're asking yourself, how are my relationships? Then you start praying for that person. And you pray for that person until you feel compassion for them. I was talking to somebody this past weekend that has every right to be angry with the person that they have to deal with on a regular basis now. And I asked this person, are you to a place where you can pray for them yet? And they said, no, I'm not ready for that. And I'm like, I get it, I understand, and I'll blame you. But think about it. Start trying to move in that direction where you can pray for them. For you. Then the big one. Here's the big one. There's two big ones. Then you go into purpose and calling. I purpose. I personally define purpose as why did God create you? He created you so that you would know him. Your purpose, the reason you are alive, the reason God, your creator made you was so that you could enjoy a relationship with him. That's your purpose. That's how I define purpose. Your calling is, now that you recognize that you're in this relationship, <clears throat> he's got things he wants you to do. That's your calling. Yeah. So what did Jesus say in general regarding calling in life? Let's answer that one. It's just in general, what did Jesus say for you to do? Preach the gospel. Make disciples. Raise the dead. Love one another. Heal the sick. What else? Believe. <laughs> Proclaim the good news to the poor. Take care of the orphans and the widows. So it's like you get people that I just don't know what God wants me to do. It's like, well, you, there's a whole bunch of things you could do. Oh, you, you mean you feel like you don't have a sense of purpose in what it is that you're doing? Okay, well, that'll come. Let's just go do something. Don't sit there and wait for God to tell you what to do. He's already told us there's a bunch of things you could do. And they're all fulfilling calling of God on your life. Are you with me? So again, this would funnel all down to, and it's not that every time you sit down, you're going to go through every single area of life like this, but you might be at a place where you really do want to step into your calling. And so you go through these, you go through this process. How do I feel? about When I think about calling, how do I feel about myself? How does God feel about me? What does the scripture say? What do I feel about what the scripture says? What step can I take? And then you go specific, maybe. You might not even get to the point where you get specific because you just get down to enough where it's like even that process 
has brought you far enough along where you can move forward. Then, right now, and this is where we were going to end, and let's do this. <clears throat> so, I know it's late, we're tired, but let me do this. And, and some of y'all done, have done this before, um, and you can do this if you're watching as well. <clears throat> Here's what I want you to do. Look around the room, like with your actual physical eyes. Look over here, over here to my left. Look at the wall. See that thing on the wall over there? Now look back over on the other side, over at Hans. You see that back door, the exit sign over the door. This, look up here. See the speakers up here. Look back there. See that back door is open behind you. All right, now I want you to close your eyes. And in your mind, I want you to visualize the room. See that planter on the wall. See the speakers up here with your eyes closed. See the exit sign over the door. You look back, you see the sound booth. And as you're looking back, you notice that somebody's walking through that door back there that you just saw open. And this person is walking through that door. They're looking at you and they're walking up to you. And you recognize that it's Jesus. He gets closer. And he looks right into your face. You see his eyes. You notice his mouth is beginning to move. And he speaks to you. So if we have maybe two or three brave souls that would like to share. <clears throat> so first off, let me just ask this. Raise your hand if you if you felt like you had some kind of communication from him. So that's like every, everybody in the room. That might be a first. Um, let me ask you this. Was it relevant to your life now? Raise your hand if it was relevant to your life now. Okay. If you didn't connect with it, that's okay. It was very fast. We jumped in right away. Some of you knew it was coming. Um, is it real? Well, is it life-giving? Is it scriptural? Is it consistent with who he is? Then it's real. Did Jesus actually walk in the room? Well, he's here. Did he never leave you or forsake you? Did I control him? No. Are you with me? It's like, okay, because there are analytical people that will overanalyze that and, and miss the, the opportunity. So having said that, would anybody like to share what you felt like you heard? And you don't have to. I'm, sometimes those things are it's very personal. Very personal. And, and that's okay. And, and it should be. But I'm you, how many of those of you that heard and it was relevant, how many of you, it's like, that's a real solution that could potentially make a big impact in my life? Yeah, everybody's nodding. Most people. Lots of tears. You want to go ahead and share? Oh, you don't? Oh, you're actually. It doesn't look like anybody wants to, so that's fine. Hans, all right, yeah. Come, come over and grab that if you would. I don't think it's on. Yeah, so it's. Can you hear? Yeah. Okay, great. It's this word that has been almost this uh, mission oriented theme in my life. Uh, recently called uh, sent. 
right? The, the word is Silawam, which means sent. And that was the word that uh, I had heard when in my spirit uh, today when we were doing that, uh, that kind of just meditation exercise was the word sent, right? So it's just a confirmation of the things that I am doing here, the confirmation of, of why I'm doing a lot of things. So it was the word sent, which was so it's confirmation. Awesome. Well, great job, everybody. That was fun. I got a lot out of it myself. And we'll continue to do similar things on Wednesdays, um, even when it comes to exercising the gifts toward others. So that'll be fun, too. Life and blessing. Go in peace. Love you guys.